And uh, I couldn't help but think about how refrigerators and stoves and ovens have made food so incredibly great. Um, and I wouldn't be a lot less happy if I didn't have good food. So, um, And then I wanted to bring up, which we did already, but can we get a round of applause for the guys in here, and they know who they are, who made the ACC Hymns app. That thing is awesome, and I'm sure pretty much everyone who said they had a smartphone in here has downloaded that app this week. Um, it's really great. So we can agree that some tech is good, that God can use tech for good. But we're going to segue now into sort of the internet, social media, and things like that that are a little less good. And so with that in mind, I have a couple questions here. Do you think that technology is outside of God's control? No. Good. I would agree. Has man created something that God cannot reach? No. So then, do you act differently online than you do in real life? Sometimes. Thank you for being honest. I would say so. And if that's the case, if you would possibly even act differently online than in real life, is it possible that you think your activity online is outside of God's view? Maybe, if you think about it. So then, where is God? If God is potentially outside of tech, where is he? The answer, he, he's right here. He never went anywhere. And he is in control and in authority of all tech. Um, and we're going to read some scripture that looks at that as you guys watch The Rock on an endless loop. Um, God is the creator and the author of life and is in full control. And it would be foolish to think that, you know, something that we create, that man has created, has anything to hide from God. God sees and he is in authority of all of it. So Isaiah fifty four sixteen. who wants to read it? Thank you. What does this say about God's presence in the in development of tech? Anyone, any thoughts? Good. God does what? Yeah. Yep. God made the human who made the tech, and God was aware of what that human was going to do. And so in his wisdom, he allowed the blacksmith to make what he was going to make. And at the same time, he allowed the person who was going to use it for the wrong reasons to use it for the wrong reasons, and he knew about it all at the same time. So he's fully in control. He's the creator of the created thing, and nothing is outside of his control. So Ecclesiastes, super interesting book of the Bible. Who's read through Ecclesiastes here? Not many hands raised, some. Who wants to take a shot at describing the book of Ecclesiastes in a brief couple sentences? Anyone? No one? All right, no hands came up that time. Um, the book of Ecclesiastes is one of the most interesting books, I think, in the Bible. One of my favorites. Um, the writer is described on this first line as uh, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. It's assumed that he's King Solomon. What do you guys know about Solomon? What was his, like, claim to fame? His wisdom. This book is full of wisdom, but it's, it's kind of a confusing wisdom. Because the book is written essentially in a perspective 
outside of a god. So he writes the, almost the entirety of the book until the end, describing what life is like if there was no God. And so if someone could read the first, cha- first 10 verses of Ecclesiastes, someone from this side of the room. Go ahead. Thank you. So, like I said, this set of verses I come to um, when I think about, you know, the world as it is now compared to what the world was 10 years ago and what I was told it was like 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Do you ever have people tell you um, that the world is so much different than it was before? Your parents, your grandparents? Mm-hmm. I definitely do. Um, what are reasons they give for making that claim? (laughs) There you go, yep. Do they ever bring up, you know, smartphones, technology, that the world's in the palm of your hands? I mean, I think we all have probably heard that before. Um, are they right? Has there ever been a world with this kind of technology? No. Thank you. One person is kind of paying attention, I guess. Um, but so then what does the scripture say? It says there's, there's nothing new under the sun. What does that mean? I'm the type of presenter who will stay quiet as long as I need to until someone makes a comment. So go ahead. History repeats itself. Okay, good. Yep. The world still works the same way. And I think more specifically to that is that when it's talking about everything new under, nothing is new under the sun, sorry. Um, it's, again, we have to look at it from the perspective he's writing from. He's writing from a perspective of a world without a God, that everything's meaningless, that there's really no point to life. You wake up, you go to work, uh, you make money, the world spins. You're a speck of time in the continuum of history. There's no purpose, there's nothing. And so, when it says there's nothing new under the sun, it's talking about the heart of man. That outside of a God, our hearts are wicked. Our hearts are lustful. Our hearts are greedy. We want what we want. We don't care who gets in our way. It's, it's all about us. That is man's only goal in a world outside of a God. And so, nothing new under the sun. We're going to be coming back to this a lot. So the deception of tech. Now we're really going to narrow it down to most of what is on your guys' cell phones, social medias. Um, Google definitely does this as well. But I think for all of us in this room, social media is probably the biggest culprit um, of what we're going to talk about here. So what do these tech companies, what do these social media companies tell you about their, their brands, about their products, about what you're using? They tell you that you should feel free to express yourself. That you get to see what everyone else is doing. That you'll be part of a a community, a huge community all throughout the world. 
that what you want is what you get and that you're in control of your own reality. But then what are they doing behind the scenes? They're collecting millions of data points, the time you spend on each post, your engagements on posts, your likes, comments, your dislikes, your searches. They're collecting all of that. And with that data, they're running it through artificial intelligence, AI algorithms that learn exactly what you like, what you dislike, who to recommend to you to keep you engaged as much as possible. I, uh, anyone in here into coding? Clearly the guys who made the app are. Um, a few other people. Coding is so cool. It's fascinating. This is probably like a first grader level coding. I started learning a little bit. Um, and it's, it's just amazing. But what I wanted to talk about with regards to coding is the idea of AI. AI is not this like mystical thing that is in just the movies and the like living robots. AI is like in every industry nowadays. It allows for, you know, faster processing of data. It allows for higher efficiency of work. But most importantly for this discussion, AI is written on a coding platform similar to this, and it is written by human beings. So while it's learning and growing and learning how to work and function sort of on its own, all of its inputs, its outputs, and its endpoints are defined by the person who makes it. So for example, the social media you use, all the data it's collecting, they're throwing them into these algorithms, and these algorithms are pumping out like stuff for you to be more engaged. That's their goal. Their endpoint is for you to stay on as much as possible, to stay looking at your phones as much as possible, and be on their apps as much as possible. And then, another thing they're doing is they're selling your data to advertising companies and providing advertisements to fit your liking. So that's why you get advertisements that, you know, you were just talking about something and looking up something on Google, next thing you know you're on Instagram and you have that same thing being advertised to you. Um, that is what they're doing. They're selling your activity and that's how these companies make money. So I want to now sidebar for a minute and show you a clip from a really good documentary called The Social Dilemma. Um, I'm going to play a one-minute clip. Wait, why is it not coming up? Oh, maybe I have to end show. Let's try that. Perfect. All right, so one-minute clip from here. People talk about AI as if it will know truth. AI is not going to solve these problems. AI cannot solve the problem of fake news. Google doesn't have the option of saying, oh, is this conspiracy? Is this truth? Because they don't know what truth is. They don't, have a, they don't have a proxy for truth that's better than a click. If we don't agree on what is true, or that there is such a thing as truth, we're toast. This is the problem beneath other problems, because if we can't agree on what's true, then we can't navigate out of any of our problems Suggest you follow flat earth. 
a lot of people. So let me skip to the end of the slide. What these tech industries are telling you that you can do on their platforms, they're not wrong. You're free to express yourself, but it's however you want to express yourself. And you're free to see what everyone else is doing, but you're seeing what they want to show you and all the edits and filters they're putting on their photos. You get to be a part of a community, but it's the community that you're choosing. You get to pick the communities and groups that you like, and all the other ones that you don't like, you hate them because they're not part of your, your people. What you want is what you get. You get to choose your own reality, control your own reality, and be the creator of your own truth. So, our idol. What do you guys think I'm going to uh, be addressing on this slide? Cell phone. Anything else? Ourselves. So, a lot of us often think, you know, the cell phone is my idol. I'm more inclined to think that I am my idol. I'm creating my own truth, stepping away from the truth of God, ignoring it completely, and creating my own reality where I am the center of it, just like that video showed. That's literally what's happening. We're all put in this bubble, and we are fed our own reality, our own likes. We get fed more and more. What we dislike, we never have to see. And so we are in and trapped in this bubble of our own reality. Um, and then time is a huge thing. What you do with your time shows where your heart is. And so I am going to, uh, I'm sort of going to expose myself a bit here and say that I'm not standing here because I have this figured out. I am really bad and I have been with managing my phone time, with managing my social media usage. And just like many of you are sitting here now, your graph of your phone time and social media usage probably looks very similar to mine, if not worse. Um, and then, you know, some people are like, oh, I got the Bible app on my phone. I use my Bible app. So I'm going to, you know, make it even worse for myself. This is my Bible app usage that same week. Clearly, look at that. Sunday, I have like way over my average. And then every other day, not much. Um, so all that to say that our time is limited here on earth. If there's one thing that is the most precious, is it is the time you have. And so if tomorrow is not promised, then we should be using our time wisely. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. What you use your time for shows where your heart is. And the phone, social media, is a distraction that takes up our time and makes us our own idols. The other thing is, 
social media has made it such that we're only concerned with ourselves. And so our worth comes from our virtual reality more than our actual reality. This data is pretty crazy that in the last 10 years, all these things, uh, experience of persistent feelings of sadness, seriously considering attempting suicide, made suicide attempts, attempted suicide, and injured in a suicide attempt have all rose in the last 10 years. And more and more research is coming out to say what this bottom paragraph is saying, which I'm not going to read the whole thing, but essentially that social media usage and video games and spending all of our time in our virtual reality is directly correlated to the rise in these things. And why is that? Again, it's because all of our worth comes from our virtual reality. Can someone read Romans 1, 21 to 25? Someone from that side of the room. Good. Thank you very much. What does this text say about our human nature, about what we want, and about how we act with respect to God? What does it say? Selfish, yep. We only care about ourselves and it makes us foolish. Yep. Good, yeah. Changing God into something that they want rather than who he really is. I mean, it says that they changed the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. Is that not what we're saying right here? That the truth of God is being distorted for the truth and reality that we get to create on our phones, on our social media platforms, that our virtual reality is twisting the truth of God for a lie. And in the end, we are serving ourselves, the creature, rather than the creator, God himself. So this virtual reality that we so easily run back to is allowing us to completely worship ourselves over God. Nothing new under the sun. We desire to have power, have control of our lives, and these platforms are simply the tool we have right now to, to, to do that. So there's one thing that no matter how, tech, how big tech gets, no matter what new developments come, what they find out, they'll never be able to answer two questions. What is truth and why am I here? Those two questions, you know, science and tech have been trying to answer those two questions forever because those two questions are the ones that eat away at people, eat away at your heart. Those two questions are the ones that we desperately as humans want to know the answer to but we're too scared to admit what the answer is. But there's one piece of technology that God used 
to answer both of those questions in one act of unfathomable love. The Romans designed the cross, obviously, with pieces of wood and with, uh, with blacksmith hand-worked nails. And they hung people, the worst of criminals, on these crosses with the intent that they would obviously suffer as they died. And so, on this cross, designed for death, God used it to work out his perfect plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ hung up on this cross, died, and defeated all power of evil and death through this act of selfless love. So, using this this piece of technology, Jesus, in his love, showed that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. He defines truth, he makes truth, and he is truth. So then, like, where does that leave us? We, we have an answer of truth, but like, what is our purpose? I got two verses here. Um, I need two different people to read them. Who wants to read the first one? No one likes reading? Where? Oh, go ahead. Thank you. So, what did the author of truth define as our purpose? To do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God, and in everything we do, to glorify God. So the question is, like, how would it, this understanding affect your uses, usage of technology, affect your usage of social media? Would it change it? Someone read Psalms 27 for me. 12 o'clock. Just start reading. I, I, go ahead, yeah. Thank you. So, is it, is it important to know, be aware that the tech you use is deceptive, is manipulative, is dangerous? What do you guys think? Is that an important thing to know? I heard some, mm-hmm, some, I don't even know what that sound was that I, I heard, but I think, it, I think it is important. I think it's definitely important to know that every time you click on a social media app, they are collecting every action you do, they're saving every message you send, every comment you make, every post you post, and they're using that against you. I think that's super important. But is tech the problem? No. I agree. Yep. Yeah. Throughout all of time that man has been on earth, people have chosen to trust in tech. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. I guess horses aren't tech, but the chariots are. They choose to trust in the things they have, and they choose to forget the name of the Lord. So, like the comments that were made, it's ultimately our hearts that need to change. They need to be renewed and restored, and we need to daily choose Christ and what he did for us on that cross over our own created realities and tech. And so, 
if someone would read the closing chapter of Ecclesiastes, where after King Solomon so wisely divides, you know, what it means to be in a meaningless and purposeless world outside of a God, what he comes to in his final conclusion. Who wants to read this? So, what's the conclusion of the matter? What's the conclusion? Fear God, keep His commandments. Remember the Lord. And then, what I find to be most important for this specific topic, that last verse, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, which we already discussed earlier, includes everything we've ever done on our phones, whether it is good or evil. So I have closing challenge for everyone. First off, and most importantly, what decision have you chosen to make today with respect to Christ? Because every single day, whether you like to admit it or not, you are making a choice for Christ. You have heard the gospel message many times, and so each and every day, you have a choice whether to accept or reject what Christ did on that cross. And so you are making a choice every day. So today, I want you to consider what choice you've made with respect to Christ. And then for the sake of this, you know, you have three and a half days left of camp, so I'm going to give you more of a tech challenge here. Um, so for the rest of the week, let's all make a conscious effort to put our phones away. Actually try to put our phones away. When we recognize that, you know, I'm bored, let me pull it out. No, let's not do that. Instead, you definitely have time for this. Find five to ten people, either in this room or all throughout camp, and get to know them in the real world. Make some new friendships. Make some new meaningful relationships. And maybe through that, you'll learn some really cool things along the way. Um, so we definitely have time, and I'm going to play a quick little video to close. It's a really famous sports analyst who I really love. And he's going to tell the story of his adopted son. And I'm just going to let him speak, because it's awesome. When I think about value, I think about this kid right here. See, I come home from work one day, and she said, you know what we need to do? She says, no, we need to go to Romania and adopt a kid. I said, no, hold on. I mean, we've got two children. We're, you know, we're the script. We're following the script. Don't be afraid to go unscripted, folks. Cheryl had seen a story on ABC News about these Romanian orphans being warehoused. Those with special needs were just forgotten. Let's give a kid a second chance. So we went unscripted. The nurse who handed this boy to her, you know what, you know what she said? And she said, don't take this boy, he's no good. Can you imagine? And I said, bring him home. He gets diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, which... A lot of kids don't make it out of their teens when you got that because your muscles don't grow, they waste away. The coach with 
less hair than me, a guy named Phil Bolier. Michael, at this point, is in high school. See, this coach knows what I know. He knows there's value in everybody. He said, I want him to be my five-foot-tall impact player with no vertical leap. He said, because I see value in him. Because the day I met him, I followed him into his classroom. I had a conversation with him, and Michael doesn't communicate well. And he has a kind of a rain man kind of memory. So he meets you, you tell him what you drive, he'll never forget it. So he has this great memory, but he also has this three words he loves to say. And you don't have to say it to him first, he just says, love you too. This is from a kid who didn't speak until he was eight. So Phil Bolier asked if he could be on his basketball team so he could teach his team two things. Maximum effort for Michael to move any muscle in his body. Takes everything he's got. And he said, I want him to teach my team having a heart for others. How that heart for others runs deep. Where you can lock eyes with the teammates. I'd do anything for you. I would do anything for you. He teaches all of his students how to say I love you in sign language. He says, and, and, and look, if you, if you tip your index finger at the other person, it means love you too. So that on senior night, Michael goes out last. My wife and I follow his wheelchair out there. Like the other players, people are standing and applauding. But unlike the other players, I look up in the student section and they're standing like this. Because this kid, this Romanian orphan, and this coach from Indiana somehow got together in a gym in Brazelton, Georgia, and taught this huge school about love. Remember, don't take this boy, he's no good. Right. Value in everybody. When you step away from your agenda and notice that there are moments that can make somebody's life better, that's all I try to teach me and I mean, teach my kids. When you wake up in the morning, how am I going to make somebody else's life better today? And there's a team much bigger than this. There's a, there's a team that is trying to make somebody's day better. That's all of us. I was just going to wear this shirt today, and I thought it would be a little informal just to, to show up in a T-shirt. But this is what's underneath. Be a better human. How are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Love you too. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Um, so with that, I want to just end with the thought of, you know, are you going to step outside your bubble that bubble we saw in that video that you are creating with the help of these tech products that you use, are you going to step outside that bubble and are you going to be a better person today? So with that, I think we're done. Um, anyone have any questions? Any thoughts? I'm hungry too, so if you don't, that's fine. All right, sounds good. You guys are free to go.